You're listening to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where faith journeys extend beyond the Sunday sermon. Join Pastor Jeff Carlson and guests as they dive deeper into spiritual topics, offering insights and reflections that resonate with believers from all walks of life. Join us for enriching conversations in faith, life, and community. This is Beyond Sunday. Hey, welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. This is Pastor Jeff, and I'm here with Pastor Zach Rainey, Hello. and uh, we're having a great time today. And we thought it would be uh, interesting and good to spend a few a few minutes talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, one of our cardinal doctrines, one of the key uh, indicators. It's actually two of our fundamental two, truths. That's true. Two yeah, of our fundamental truths. Two of them truths. are devoted to it. And it's kind of the distinctive of our fellowship as well as our church. You know, what what makes us different than so many other, you know, uh, Protestant churches or, or non-Catholic churches out there, uh, even though there are some other Pentecostal and other spirit-filled denominations, even in Catholicism. Do, do we get to talk about some of the differences between us and some of the Pentecostal churches? I don't know. Churches? We'll just see where we'll we see go where here. we go. So let's just talk briefly uh, the history of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus sort of told the disciples, prophesied, if you will, that, you know, he was going to send uh, the Holy Spirit to them. And in John chapter 14, he spends a lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, Then John 16 revisits kind of the work of the Spirit in the church. And I think that most denominations would believe, you know, the things that Jesus said. Uh, But obviously the prophecies of Joel uh, chapter two about the spirit being poured out as well as John the Baptist prophecy um, about the Holy Spirit coming that Jesus would baptize with fire. John one thirty three. John one thirty three uh, was fulfilled. Those those prophecies were fulfilled then in Acts chapter two, when the church is born and the Holy Spirit is poured out about ten days or so after Jesus' ascension into heaven. The Holy Spirit comes to the disciples who are praying together in the upper room and they are all filled. The Bible says they are all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance or as the Spirit enabled them. So uh, we believe that this is still a regular experience for any believer who seeks there's there's the a baptism. there's a theological term for for that go it's called continuationism continuation that we believe i call them the apostolic gifts that we believe the apostolic gifts continue for the church today and there are some loud voices out there screaming the opposite of that called cessationism cessationism and yeah. uh, some of them are very uh angry and mean about it if you ask me uh things that they say my friends are not that way my cessationist well, friends no it's it's the ones that are that have social media followings yeah that are that way i know i've seen some of and it. they say some things about pentecostals and spirit-filled people that are angry people are the loudest it's the quiet people you don't know if you, yeah it's true it's true and there's uh, a lot of people that are the well maybe it is Yes. You know, well, I, there's a number of denominations that are not anti uh, work of the Holy Spirit or apostolic gifts. Um, they're just not necessarily preaching it, teaching it, and asking the Holy Spirit to send those gifts to the church. Yeah. And so, they don't mind if you do it at home. They don't mind if you do it in yeah. your basement, right? In a closet. But corner. let's not do it in the public <laughs> service. But for us, it's more of a regular uh, occurrence. There's oftentimes in our prayer service, uh, at nine o'clock on Sundays that will, uh, 
invite the Holy Spirit and ask people to pray in their prayer language. Uh, and there's uh, nothing wrong with encouraging people. Not at all. E- even even coaching people, you know, to do that. I mean, the New Testament does uh, encourage people to pray in the Spirit. Yes. So it's yes. okay to coach On that. all occasions. Yeah. On all occasions, Paul says in Ephesians 5, or Ephesians 6. So let's start with this. What Somebody that maybe isn't familiar with the baptism, maybe they're not from... Uh, a Pentecostal background or, or they're new to Christianity or whatever, and they hear this idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit, how would we define what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Not the experience itself, but what is it to be filled with the Spirit? What would you say to them? I think in Scripture, filled with the Spirit actually points to a broader way than, than sometimes we're using when we say baptism in here in the Holy Spirit, yes. But also there are there are times being filled with the Spirit, a fullness of the Holy Spirit, isn't necessarily the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because we you and I, Jeff, we don't believe uh, like I have heard some people say about the assemblies of God, well, you don't think people are saved until they speak in tongues and they're baptized. Right. That right. is not what we believe. That is not what we believe. And no. we don't believe that only spirit filled people experience the Holy Spirit in their life. Right. We believe any believer would experience the Holy Spirit, maybe not the fullness or the baptism of the Spirit, but yeah. the Spirit is in the life of every believer. So I, uh, to me, the question is more not just what is being filled with the Spirit, but what what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Um, th- that's, that's the question. Of course, it's using, for confusion, they're using the exact same Greek words for the baptism right. in the Holy Spirit and baptism in water. So initially, we have said this already, baptism is a word uh, that means immersed in. Mm-hmm. We've said that at some point anyway. So immersed in water, we baptize by immersion in water. But also we believe that a person, when they are baptized in the Holy Spirit, they just they don't have just a drink of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have the Holy Spirit when you're saved. He lives in you. He abides in you. Yes. But when you have an immersion experience, if I take my coffee cup right here, and I always have a coffee cup nearby, don't I, Jeff? So <laughs> if I take my coffee cup and I put coffee inside of it, it's not baptized in coffee. Right. Now It's filled with coffee. It's filled with coffee. It has coffee. It's wonderful. But if I take my coffee cup here and i put it inside the coffee pot and immerse it it's been baptized in coffee so we think of this baptism in the holy spirit as an even greater experience and uh than just having the holy spirit abiding and it comes with i think the baptism holy spirit comes with not just the privileges but it also comes with specific responsibilities for the use of the gifts. Okay, let's so the talk privileges about, of the let's gifts. talk about the privileges first. So what what are the advantages like if if a believer is filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, what does that do in our lives? What does that help we, us with? We've we've already mentioned that in our church, we we love to come together and pray in the spirit at certain times. And praying in the spirit in a, in a a prayer language is a word that we use, a phrase we use. It's not inconsistent with scripture in any way praying in the spirit in that way where that we're we're praying the heart of God but yet our mind is not fruitful Paul says but mm-hmm. our, our but our the, our spirit is you know he prays the will of and God And we did we did a um 
a session a while back. Yeah. Maybe you could go back and listen. And about that's why I brought up the continuation language. cessation. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that in previous episodes uh, that you can visit. I, I think that being filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit does give a believer uh, advantages as far as submit, you know, Galatians chapter five in the battle of our flesh versus our spirit. I think there are some strengths that we gain when we have a greater sort of dose of the Holy ghost, as we used to say, the dose of the Holy the ghost dose of the Holy ghost <laughs> in the old Pentecost. We used to say it like that. Uh, there's some advantages to, to living for God. There's some advantages to resisting the enemy. There's some advantage. Certainly the spiritual language is a massive advantage to have a prayer language, to be able to pray, specifically the will of God and the heart of God uh, without adding my two cents. And I think that's the that's the the power of prayer language is it takes me out of the equation and, which means I'm praying not my preferences or my ideas but but specifically the will of the Lord uh, back to the Lord asking the Lord um, f- to you know to accomplish his will in in a perfect way so to speak. Now one one thing we kind of jumped over maybe we you know, sequentially, we should have mentioned that the the first time you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues, that's different than having a prayer language in the Spirit. Because the old King James used to say in the gifts of the Spirit, it says there are diverse kinds, plural, of mm-hmm. tongues. So there's mm-hmm. like three plurals in that phrase. So not every gift of tongues is identical but they're all grouped right. together it's like a group of gifts yes and speaking in tongues well i think the where people get confused is they think if they're baptized in the holy spirit and they speak in tongues that means that god is going to make them do that publicly and there's going to be interpretation and they're going to be used and uh evidential often tongues, there's no interpretation uh, normally correct it could be when you're just pr- i mean i i don't know that i've ever prayed in the spirit on my own and then interpreted what i prayed yeah i, I suppose it could happen i never have uh i don't think i have either but i suppose the lord could do that if he if he needed to uh but it's important to note the prayer language of tongues is very different than the gift of tongues given to the body for the edification of the believers and because someone prays in the spirit does not mean that they will also have that that gift and need to be, you know, as we talk about, you know, responsibilities. That's not one of the responsibilities we would say comes along with being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And 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 speaking in tongues is not proof that you have a an excellent spiritual life. It, Sometimes totally immature that. believers, carnal believers, can pray in the can spirit pray in the spirit and yeah. and. Uh, and be jerks to people. And just treat other people <laughs> like trash, yeah. Which well, is not what the Holy Spirit wants, really. No, I think that the if if we seek... is and, and I would say Pentecost has been... Pentecostalism has somewhat been guilty of this over the years. We have sought the gifts of the Spirit. Well, the, then, the, the first church was, I mean, the early church. Well, yeah, look at Corinth. They were at, having trouble with the gifts of the Spirit. They sought the gifts of the Spirit and the manifestations of the Spirit over the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, And I would say a, a truly Spirit-filled believer is going to exhibit evidence of not only the manifestations of the Spirit in our lives, but also the fruit of the Spirit you know, Galatians chapter 5, I already mentioned overcoming the works of, of the flesh, uh, putting to death our, our sinful nature, and then living in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, and having those gifts in increasing measure. 
the Pentecostal church would do a lot better if Pentecostals would not only be powerful in the gifts of the Spirit, but be powerful in the fruit of the Spirit yeah. in how they treat others and how they live their life. When I was younger, first learning, you know, my first trip into the Assembly of God Church, which I hope everybody knows how much that scares you at first when you walk in and, you know, and they're you praying know, in tongues. You don't even know. Yeah, and things like that. Um, they, I remember hearing sermons about the power of the Holy Spirit and that it was the Greek word dunamis in dunamis. Acts chapter 1. Yeah. And the preacher would say, it's like dynamite, you know, an explosion. And as I, I went to Bible school and then I became a minister and I found out later on dunamis doesn't mean explosion, chaos. It It's the same when we talk about something being dynamic. It means applying power when it's needed the most. Yeah. And that is what the power of the Holy Spirit is. When do you need the power of the Holy Spirit the most? When you're sitting in a worship service surrounded by people who love Jesus and you've got the best band in the county in front of you and the lights are low and the LEDs are high and you've got a double screen yeah. and everything's going your way. Do you need the power of the Holy right. Spirit right then? Right. Or do you need it when you're tempted out on Tuesday to yeah. to cuss out the driver in front of you <laughs> or or to be disrespectful to your spouse. Yeah. That's when you need the power of the Holy Spirit. So this baptism in the Holy Spirit comes alongside of these gifts of the Spirit that you need. We need both. Yeah. We can't we can't just say oh, I only want the I only want the gifts. And too often believers will experience the elements of the baptism in the in the church but not outside the church. And yeah. the reality is, you know, when Jesus said, uh, go into Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit and you'll be my witnesses. When you're filled with the Spirit, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And so I, I really think what he's indicating there, going to the responsibility of being a Spirit-filled believer, uh, he's really indicating that the power of the Spirit is much more dynamic outside of the church than inside of the church. Yeah. And that's where we need the Holy Spirit, outside yeah. outside Sunday morning. How long have we been preaching against being a Sunday morning Christian? Oh, man. And and yet that is what we do. We practice the gifts of the Spirit all together when we're all together here. And um, Whenever you say, and, I, and I've experienced this whenever I say, you know, but these gifts are for in the marketplace. Yeah. You know, the whole room says, amen, pastor, amen, pastor. Yeah. But people... Uh, struggle or fail to enact those gifts in in their businesses and in their workplaces and at the store and at the restaurant and whatever, we seem to forget um, about the power of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, one of the things I'll encourage people to do is, uh, as we already mentioned, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. If every morning a Spirit-filled believer were to get up and while they were in the shower or while they're driving on their commute, which is also where you need the Holy Spirit, yeah. especially in like Greater Lafayette, if you're, if you would spend a few moments, I've been challenging people lately in individual meetings and conversations to begin doing that, begin praying in the spirit every single day, uh, for a few minutes every day and allowing your spirit man to really come alive. Don't you think when we pray in the spirit that something in us sort of shifts for that moment in that day so that we can live in, in a more spiritual, spiritually driven moment, speaking in tongues, Praying in the Spirit is you are yielding to the Holy Spirit. You're practicing yielding to God. So I think the practice is is healthy spirituality. Yeah, yeah. Learn. You're learning submission to God. So that's why it's important if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, you know, maybe one time. I think I think something that happens a lot is people are filled 
when they're young and when they're, you know, passionate about the Lord. And then over the years, you know, they, that kind of wanes away and they, they struggle to continue, you know, praying in the spirit and being that spiritual person. And so that when they're middle-aged or older, you know, they haven't prayed in the spirit in years and they haven't really engaged the gifts of the spirit in years. So when the Bible talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit or being baptized in the Holy Spirit, really it's the the indicator is it's a continuous thing. It's not a right. once and done thing, but something we should continue in our yeah. lives. We should repeat that same experience over and over again. And it has nothing to do with whether we've drifted away from it or not. If we've drifted away from it, renew it. Keep it regular. Uh, the Holy Spirit's available. Um, and it we can do it every day, every Every time we pray. So what do you think the roadblocks are to people doing that, living that way? Well, if, if, you know, if a person doesn't believe that the Holy Spirit still baptizes people, that'd be a big roadblock. That would be, that would be a big roadblock. And then, uh, I, I think, um, having sin in your life, just deciding I'm going to hold on to sin. It's kind of like a, um, a conscience that you have that, well, it's not really right. So, you know, for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because I'm not really living for Jesus. I think that, that can hinder some people a lot. Um, what do you think? What are some of the biggest problems you see? I think people, I think you're totally right on both of those things. I think sin definitely, uh, takes us, takes the, the passion away from us, uh, from the Lord, especially sin that we're, we, you know, it's, when you're a believer and you have sin in your life, you sort of kind of look the other way weirdly in your life over it. Uh, or you have the, I can sin now and repent later mantra. And the more you do that, the more out of touch you become with the Holy Spirit. You, the more you, you know, you do drift away from the, from that intensity that you can have with the, with the Lord. I think discipline's a big issue. I think just being disciplined, um, to read the scriptures and pray every day. And Isn't it interesting Lord. that we, we think of speaking in tongue as people, it's an undisciplined thing, you know, right. like freestyle. But yeah, discipline's but one of the key. it takes discipline to do it. It, it does, and it, it takes some intentionality in the course of your day to uh, not only pray in the spirit, but, you know, spend time with the Lord in the devotional life. We push devotional life around here a lot. And that's really where, you know, you would you would put a, a few minutes. And I'm not saying, like, you need to pray in the Holy Spirit 30 minutes a day. I mean, that'd be great uh, if you've got time to do that or got or, or have the opportunity to do that. But really, I think it's a it's a three to five minute just praying in the spirit and seeking the Lord and worshiping the Lord. Um, one of the things Paul indicates is when we pray in the spirit, not only are we praying the perfect will of God, but we're also, there's also elements of worship that happen in our, in our praying in the spirit, praying in, in tongues. Yeah. Because, that we're because it lifts declaring the praises of the Lord. Yeah. We're, de- we're lifting up, we're exalting Jesus. Right. Even though we don't know what we're saying, when right. we're praying. I never know what I'm saying when I speak. I don't either. I don't either. But I know I'm somehow I'm lifting up Jesus. I'm exalting him. And I, 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 I think that it's a, great travesty and and really a simple trick of the enemy to make us so busy and so world-centered or 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 life-centered that we fail to recognize this powerful weapon we have that is does not take an enormous amount of energy and time in order to engage it but if we would engage it every day in a disciplined way intentional way it, it it can make such a massive difference in our life because it lifts our spirit, it lifts our our it, heart, and it also lifts the upcoming yes. service when the church comes together For as sure. a body. The lift doesn't come 
on Sunday, the the lift comes from all of the believers cumulative through through the week week, and they're they are being filled with the spirit they're praying the spirit they're following the spirit they're they're following scripture they're engaging in all these these things and then they come together on sunday and they're fueled they're fired up and they're they're ready for a wonderful celebration yes uh, of the word of god uh, of lifting up Jesus together, the corporate ministry that takes place on Sunday, instead of the other way around, that on Sundays when people get together and pray, and you know, uh, they're letting Sunday fuel the rest of their week. It's it should be the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I totally agree. And you know, it's not really depend. Sunday's Sunday's intensity and move of the Spirit is not in is not birthed out of the worship team's preparedness or how prepared the pastor is to preach the message or whatever. You it's, do pretty good on the preparation, though. I'll, I'll give you well, that. Thank Jeff, you. So. I, that's a compliment coming from you. <laughs> uh, but it is birthed on the spiritual life of the people through the week. And yeah. if if you know, we've got four hundred and seventy, four hundred and eighty, five hundred people that come here every Sunday. Generally, if if forty, fifty percent of us would just simply say, hey, let's pray in the Spirit every day for a couple of minutes through the course of the week. It would totally wreck the atmosphere in a good way yeah. of our Sunday morning, of, and, of really not just our Sunday morning, and, but any of our gatherings. Yeah, and even a, even like a, a badly presented sermon can be awesome to the right to the spirit filled ready to go audience. Yeah. It can be phenomenal. But this, you know, the first step to that is you've got to be filled with the Spirit. Yeah, you've got to ba- yield, you need yield yourself. Yeah, be baptized. You got to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, and in, whether whether at an altar or in your living room or in your car, so many people are filled and baptized with the in the Holy Spirit outside of the church in moments with God alone. Yeah. It's kind of fascinating. It's a really great gift that the Lord does to us. I've I've heard how many times you know you've talked about getting saved. I don't think I've heard your testimony. When was the first time? That you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, Do you remember it? I, I, it's kind of a weird thing for me because there were lots of times at kids camp or, you yeah. know, the moment you have I these know, moments. I, I went to church camps And they too. preach on it and you go to the altar and you're asking the Lord. Oh, yeah. But for a long time, I was kind of afraid of it as a kid. I just didn't understand it. I, I was, you know, at that time, we didn't have great teaching out there, especially for kids about what the Holy Spirit was and what the baptism yeah. was. And uh, I remember... You know, as a young teenager, uh, didn't I never had a, you know, powerful altar moment. I wasn't filled like that. It was, in fact, I would describe it this way. It was more of a gradual infilling for me versus a moment of infilling, which yeah. may not be theologically sound for, no, <laughs> in but some it, ways. But, it, but it, yet it's not heretical. <clears throat> well, <laughs> you know, it's like I remember as a, a 13, 14-year-old kid, uh, you know, just getting into our youth group, and we'd have, we had very intense youth services and whatnot. And, you know, I'd pray a little bit here and there, and I'd, I'd, I'd speak in tongues a little bit. And then a little bit as I went on in my life, I would say— See, n- nobody today would know that you would be timid. Yeah, about speaking in tongues yeah, publicly. I, I do I notice one thing though: you you do not when you pray in tongues, you don't do it into the microphone. I don't to draw attention to your. I don't speaking in tongues, and I do that on purpose because I feel like if 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 I do that, then it needs to be interpreted. If I'm going to yeah. pray in the spirit in the microphone, then it must be a word for the yeah. church or for the body, and it needs to be interpreted. So unless I sense that. Yeah. Then I will always put the microphone. Down. I, I remember the very first time I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. I was already finished with my first year of Pentecostal Bible school. Yeah, 
I had attended a Pentecostal yeah. Zion Bible Institute in East Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. I had already been through a whole year of it. Yeah. I had already been through church camps here in Indiana. Uh, we even had a Southern teen camp back then. And Alton Garrison was the speaker that summer. You know, and uh, I mean, I was rolled underneath of the front row. I've had people tr- at Hartford City try to pull me down and knock oh, me yeah. down. I'd been to charismatic meetings with the happy hunters who taught you how to say, if you'll just repeat all the fruit you can think of, apple, pears, peaches, plums, and all that, then you'll speak in tongues, you know, yeah. and your mind's focused on on trying to think of the fruit you have. But And that I'd been through all of these things. I'd had Pentecostal people from the church take me and sit down here, we're going to pray, and you're going to receive... But one day I was in Sandusky, Ohio at Faith Memorial Church, and the minister said, let's just spend some time around the altar praying. And I went forward, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. No, you just quietly, it seemed like, but yet I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I think all the um, things that we have created through the years in good, you know, like I, I think our motives were probably good to help people be filled or baptized in the Spirit. Have really been detrimental to a lot of people. I've been pushed across churches. Yeah, me people too. trying to knock me down, you know, yeah. and get me filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, you know, I appreciate, I mean, their, intense, their intensity and their passion is good, I guess. I hope so. But hinder, hindering. You know, for I Chloe, question some of them. For my daughter, it, t- it took her many, op- many options. And it, it took being in a very quiet moment in a quiet service for her to finally be filled uh, when she was like 17 or something like that. So it just, it's just... It's just something that doesn't need to be, as you said, di- di- dynamite or chaos yeah. to be filled with the spirit. It's 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 really very simple. In fact, I was probably twenty or twenty one in Bible college before I really began to learn to pray in the spirit. And outside of that, it was it was it. I only prayed in the spirit, like in moments of worship or or whatever, before I began to really seek the Lord in the spirit and pray in the spirit like that. So. I, you know, what I want, my heart is, I want us to be a normal Pentecostal church. I don't want us to be a crazy church. I want us to do things right and in order. And I want this to be a place where anybody could receive the Holy Spirit at any moment, in any service, in any day, without needing the, I don't know what to call it, the peripheral things yeah. I, that I know hinder. So, some people think God expects us to do certain things to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And really, the the difficulties a lot of times are just us yes. praying, tarrying, working, getting out letting of our own way. God work in my heart, yep. and it, we're working through things with God yep. before we actually get to the point where we yep. are baptized with the Holy Spirit with the utterance provided by the Holy Spirit. In fact, the only prerequisite is to be saved. Yeah, to be in Christ, and, right? You know, an I don't know any other. An unbeliever is not going to be filled, but a, but if you're a believer, you can be filled. You can be filled on a Sunday morning. You can be filled in your living room, in your car, in the shower. It doesn't matter wherever you, anywhere that the Lord meets with you, you can be filled. You're right. So I think the key is uh, as we wrap up today, the key really is uh, be a seeker of the Holy Spirit, not the gifts, not tongues. Don't right. seek the manifestation. The gift of tongues is not the baptism it's of the Holy not. Spirit. It's an evidence of it. You're right. But so is prophesying, and there's some other yeah. evidences. So don't seek the evidence of it and get caught up in your mind about making those things happen. Instead, seek the giver of the gift. Seek the Lord. Be a person who wants to engage the Holy Spirit, yeah. and he'll meet you. Love Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Good. Well, thanks for joining us today. I hope that you are a seeker of the Holy Spirit and that you'll make that a priority in your life and be someone who prays in the Spirit regularly. 
uh, to see how the Lord would do great things through you as you do that. We'll see you, talk to you again very soon. Hope you have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We invite you to join the conversation and share your thoughts at connectionpointchurch.org slash Sunday. Spread the word and share this podcast with others. Stay inspired and connected as we explore faith beyond Sunday.